basically the good way to think about LPR is it's a way for information to come in. And what you do with that information is really endless and really up to the imagination. Hello and welcome to the Parking Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the $100 billion parking industry and the people that make it go. I'm your host, Isaiah Mao, and this is the Parking Podcast. The Parking Podcast is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association for professionals in parking, mobility, and transportation. Pay attention here. Registration is now open for IPMI's Virtual Mobility and Innovation Summit to be held February 24th and 25th. You can get all the details and register at parking-mobility.org forward slash M-I-S. Views and opinions are my own. Welcome back to another episode of the Parking Podcast. Joining us on the podcast today is Matt McDaniel, LPR Administrator with Recourse Systems. How are you doing today, Matt? Isaiah, thanks for having me on the, on the Parking Podcast. I'm, I'm blessed and, uh, and very thankful to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. So I, look, I read a little bit about your background, read your bio but maybe tell the listeners how you got into the world of parking. Well, it, it definitely wasn't natural for me as a, as a five-year-old. I, I wasn't imagining or dreaming about being a parking administrator when I grew up. Uh, I initially started in law enforcement right after college. And uh, so being a, an attendee of a college, I had that parking experience. Some, some were good, some were bad, of course. But uh, as I evolved in, in law enforcement, uh, as a line officer, that initial thing, uh, I, I help with proactive enforcement of parking regulations. So I get a better understanding of what uh, the community I worked for, what the challenges were there, a community called uh, Huntsville, Texas. And uh, we also have a university in that town as well, Sam Houston State University, and that'll come up a little bit later in the story as well. After about five years with city of Huntsville, uh, I was able to have the opportunity to take a public safety technology job, coordinating all technology for Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas. And part of that job at the time, you don't see this in the uh, job requirements, but uh, I think it was as other duties as assigned. They had a vacancy in their uh, parking director position and, and, th- and that, that came with me. So uh, naturally, at first I was kicking and screaming really not understanding or knowing the depth of any of the, the good things or the, the problems associated with the, the parking program there. I, I got to know the community better, got to know the issues better, and really found that uh, I appreciated the issues and uh, really enjoyed the problem solving that, that came along with parking demand management and transportation demand management for that university. So uh, I stayed there for uh, two years and then uh, skip a little bit. I uh, started a deputy chief position at at Sam Houston State University, still in the university parking room, of course. And part of the core responsibilities there were were parking and transportation. From there, I, I got into the private market for a little bit, and uh, now I'm with with Recor. And uh, so far, that's that's been my parking experience so far. That's awesome. And now you are a Bonafide parking professional. So you said a, a couple things. I know we have a lot of university parking directors, parking professionals always listening in and chiming in. So just, you know, you mentioned Sam Houston State University. I know you did a lot of things from, I think it was like emergency services and um, several things, but one of them was parking. So any uh, takeaways or challenges or things you, you loved about uh, managing a university's parking system? 
So probably one of the, the biggest differentiators, because I, I really do feel like the university parking and transportation demand management area is a microcosm of, of city and statewide programs. So uh, you see a lot of the same issues, but one core differentiator that I did identify there is that for the most part, your entire community wants to be there. They're there for self-improvement, education. Uh, so they want to be a part of the community. So when you gather focus groups and things of that sort to to help improve your processes, you, you get a little bit more engagement and a little bit more interest. And sometimes that can, that can be a, a good problem because sometimes the, the feedback can be overwhelming, especially if, uh, if if you don't have those right levers pulled to make the proper changes. You hear about it pretty quick. And so uh, I, w- I would say... Uh, you know, some of the core things that I concentrated on there was setting the expectation because based off of each environment, parking is not always going to be the top priority. So uh, making sure to, to identify what resources you have, what expectations you should present to your customers uh, what was the biggest thing. And that dynamic homeostasis, knowing that if you did pull one of those levers, say it's pricing or parking availability or parking inventory, you're going to have uh, either a, an indirect response to that, or maybe you know about it. And it's going to be a direct response that you can anticipate and take some action on. But uh, the same things and challenges that you hear about limited resources and and trying to gain influence where where parking might not be the number one problem on a campus. Some of those things that I, I, I'm sure over your career you've heard over and over again. Uh, those are some of the, the same challenges that that are faced in the university environment. Yeah, spot on from what I've learned or had university leaders on the podcast, but you mentioned limited resources, uh, stakeholders, whether it's faculty, your students, visitors, so communication is very important. So I think you hit the nail on the head on all of those. Now you are with Recore. I've been hearing a lot about Recore. I know they made some fabulous hires recently from some friends of mine, but tell us a little bit about Recore does and maybe even not just in the realm of parking, because I know they're a very big company with a lot of exciting things going on. So introduce our listeners to who Recore is. Definitely. Uh, Recore has splashed into, uh, into the parking industry. And so b- before you hear uh, Recore, a lot of those professionals uh, that we have on board came from uh, the public safety sector with uh, a company called Breckford Safety that help with vehicle upfitting and equipment for law enforcement agencies. So really, um, we became a, our primary focus became on AI-powered video analysis using vehicle and license plate detection. So uh, outside of parking, we, we work with customers to match solutions to their problems in all levels of government. And then on the commercial side, we help with tolling. We help with QSR, quick service restaurants. So in other words, fast food industry, being able to leverage that license plate credential as, as a way to confirm customer loyalty, confirm orders, things of that sort comes into play. Can I cut you off? Because that's really cool. I've never heard of that. So, you know, you have a, I hate to use Chick-fil-A, but, you know, Chick-fil-A, you're, a, you're in within their loyalty program. You're going through the drive-thru. It can read your plate. And when you get to the window, it, it can deduct your discounts or add that to your to your loyalty program or even make sure that, that the order, you know, they could tie the order. Cause sometimes at Chick-fil-A, they have like five lanes open and multiple cars. I'm like, how do they know this order is mine? But that's really cool. I've never heard of using LPR for fast food loyalty programs or just restaurant loyalty problems. That's really neat. 
Yeah, and you, you bring up a huge use case because uh, if you've ever been in those type of lines, it, it seems like an organized chaos. Um, really, so uh, that's just leveraging one additional credential beyond uh, someone who's using a mobile app. Because I think we've all been in that space as a customer where we, we pull up to a space with a number on it and they're asking us for some information. Some of it's generic. Some of, the, some of it might just be the, the color of your car or something that where you might see three other cars that have the same color or descriptor. Yep. And so how do they know that space? And even if there's a space number absence. So this is just one additional way where, where, this, where this can happen. And uh, we have a good partnership with MasterCard for, for part of that. That's really cool. Yeah. And I hate to interrupt, but yeah, I just thought, especially with COVID and everything, you guys could probably even take it to the next level where you have a credit card tied to a plate and can order your food and pay without rolling down your window in the future. I'm just thinking out loud here, but some really exciting technologies that Recore is a part of. Yeah. Any, anything else Recore is doing? Uh, on the traffic analysis side, we're doing some really cool design around being able not only to use uh, the license plate, but also being able to use vehicle signature and detection capabilities. So when I talk about that, a lot of our vehicles look the same, but there are differentiators, maybe a, a, a dent in the bumper or something of that sort that differentiates that vehicle other than the license plate or the VIN number. And uh, being able to, to have that searching capability and object detection it really starts looking into the, to the realm of future possibilities with video analysis. That's really cool. And you, you said something early about being AI powered. And so, you know, I, I've heard that in the future, maybe now there's LPR systems out there that can do this, but I'm hearing now they can read your license plate, but they can also autofill things like the make, model, color. Is Recore doing stuff like that? Is that something in the pipeline for the future to read more than just a license plate? Definitely. Some of that uh, we are actually already doing. So uh, w when you use one of our solutions, we're providing a confidence factor on the percentage of accuracy, which is something that's different than what you see in your traditional optical character recognition systems. Um, so based off of that confidence factor, you can really say, say what plate reads you might want to ignore because the accuracy wasn't good enough. But if the accuracy is good enough, uh, you can put it in a, in a different bucket for that information to go somewhere else. Uh, so with the vehicle model recognition, that's an added piece because we know with traditional OCR, it's trying to find a plate with characters on it to read the alphanumeric text. Basically with AI, we're scanning through the entire frame of an image looking for a vehicle. And then based off of how we train that system, it can identify and make a model based off of the feedback that we provided. Like you said, it could tell based on a dent or a scratch in the vehicle, which if that's the same vehicle or not. So I'm sure you guys are doing make, model, and color. So that's really neat and probably tying that back into a handheld system, which we'll get to in a minute. But so it sounds like a lot of these are fixed LPR. We talk about tolls and the restaurants, uh, parking. Do you also have mobile LPR products where you're putting cameras on cars that you know, can do things like scofflaw detection or permit management? In addition to, uh, to our fixed LPR solution, uh, we, we also have mobile vehicle LPR, and then we also have handheld mobile LPR. So uh, going back to the uh, mobile vehicle, uh, we basically have an in-vehicle system rather than one that actually mounts to the roof of the vehicle. So it's a little bit more versatile and uh, a little bit more covert, so you can't, you can't immediately see the system when it's in the vehicle. 
And uh, it, it works for all sorts of things. So we have law enforcement customers that use it. And then we also have parking enforcement users that use the system against their scofflaw and their permission list. So we can look for permission violators for, for citation enforcement. And then we can also look for those scofflaw violators where maybe there's a boot or a tow list or an escalation in enforcement effort. That's interesting. So I've, I've heard of companies doing that. I've never seen it. So I'm assuming it's like the camera's in the car. So maybe on the dashboard, which makes it less prone to damage from people wishing to do harm to, to police cars. Uh, it keeps them safer, less damage. Does it ever like, is there ever issues with the windows fogging up or anything like that? Is that a concern? That, that is a, a potential barrier for, for read accuracy. Uh, but the the other good advantage of, of that mobile system is that you can move it from vehicle to vehicle. So if you do have multiple vehicles in, in your fleet or in the use of your end users, it doesn't have to stay fixed in, inside or, or installed. One vehicle can be moved from one vehicle to the next. Oh, that's interesting. So they're not uh, mounted. You can move them pretty easily. Correct. We have a, a mount that works with the rearview mirror. And then we have suction cup and a hard mount that can be versatile and placed anywhere on the on the windshield or any any anchor point within the vehicle. Yeah, that's neat. I can't tell me how many times just managing operations throughout my career where the LPR cars in the shop, so we're down our booting and scoffing, we're down from our vehicle occupancy counts just because you know it's affixed and you, and you can't move that. So that's really impressive. And you mentioned something that's been a big trend recently with the I know people think mobile, mobile LPR, I'm talking about on a car, but you have a mobile app for enforcement that can use your technology with the camera, I'm assuming. You, you, know, you walk around a lot and you could take pictures or scan license plates and it can, it can grab the vehicle information and compare it to your hot list and white list and all that? I, that's correct. So it's, it's available for both iOS and Android. And, uh, and basically it leverages the, the native camera app on, on your device. and captures vehicle information as well as license plate information as as you walk in real time. It retains that that information to include a timestamp, GPS marker, and then it references any of those access or restricted lists that you might have. Oh, I love that. And is it so is it just like an enforcement solution you tie into the city citation management or do you guys have that kind of back office? As far as the the permit and citation management system, we do have a, a core offering that's SaaS-based, that, that is available for uh, basic permitting as well as uh, enforcement leveraging license plate recognition. Really neat. And so I always like to throw in an educational component so people can learn new things in the podcast. So looking at your bio, I know you're involved a lot with compliance standards and, and, and that sort of things with your role. So just a few questions in that realm. I guess, yeah, let's talk first legality. You know, is is LPR for enforcement purposes, is that legal in all 50 states? I know some states had certain rules pertaining to LPR, but do you have like a good overview? And I do preface it that neither of us are lawyers that I know of. So, um, but just from an operation standpoint, do you have any thoughts or research on the matter? Definitely. I can, I can definitely provide some input on it. And uh, you, you preface that perfectly with uh, you, you definitely want to make sure that you're following up on this information. but. As far as regard to feedback, there's about a, a third of the of our 50 states that have legislation or laws in place that prohibit or have prohibitions on who can use or leverage LPR 
not only for parking enforcement, but for other purposes. And then uh, we move into other prohibitions such as retention of information, what type of information can be stored and how quickly it needs to be purged from the system and can't be used any longer. So a good source on that is the National Council of State Legislators. Their website is ncsl.org. And it's a really good reference just to keep up with the most current legislation with laws that uh, are already are in place and ones that are pending. So we know uh, California has just introduced a bill that's going through their legislative process that's going to limit access and retention as well. So that will be interesting to see what comes with that bill. Oh, that's great. I'll put that in the show notes, that website, ncsl.org. That's a great resource. You're correct. Uh, and you mentioned a couple of things that when you talked about retention. Um, so s- sometimes these LPR systems have boilerplate, you know, 90 days for reads or three years for hits. And we never look at that. We don't know how much we're storing. Do you have any best practices or rule of thumbs when it comes to your data? Or maybe, you know, just one action item you would, you would challenge all of our listeners to do when it comes to LPR compliance? It's a great question. So we have uh, quite a few watchdog groups in, in the United States that, that want to monitor and try to control the type of access that's available, and they provide good best practices. Uh, but one thing I would take away from this is if you are looking to implement LPR in your community, is get with those community stakeholders and see what their threshold is for uh, that type of retention and uh, what type of use cases. How, how are you going to use LPR? Because uh, we see this even in the mobile app environment and web-based apps where the, the community is willing to give up a little bit of security for more freedom or more access to information. And that might be the case with, within your community with LPR. There's lots of options when we look at retention. So while 90 days is the best practice, we know that images and GPS markers, timestamps, all of that information is included within those reads. Yeah, and you mentioned that. So I've, I've, I've heard of some LPR systems where, you know, it takes a picture of the plate, it reads the plate, and that you can actually make some settings in the system to store just like the text file, what it read, and not really keep the images for after a certain period of time. Is that something that ReCore is able to do? That's correct. And uh, that's a core dear, uh, a, a distinctive competency for us basically is the ability that once those reads are no longer a value with, with the images, they're still very useful for traffic analysis and parking studies uh, to where you can obfuscate the information, uh, the image and the, the plate number, and still keep uh, the, the information that's valuable, that, that a vehicle did or was sighted in this, in this area or location with this type of parking permit. In, in this parking area so that you, you're able to, to see the value of what type of parker is parking there, what times, and uh, make adjustments and informed decisions based off of that information without compromising the security or uh, the information uh, about that, that parker or that customer. Nice, very nice. And, and you know, I, I've read some articles recently where I think it actually is a good point where they talk about you know, as cities become more connected with smart city initiatives, there's a concern we're more vulnerable to cyber attacks. So I didn't know if you, I don't, I don't even know if there's a question there, but have you thought about some of that as we get more and more cameras in these cities, you know, security comes 
more important than ever as cities become more connected. Definitely. And uh, I, that's uh, one of the, the key things that I, I look forward to every day at work is that one of the first discussions that we have when we decide on a product is it, it should we do it? And then can we secure and be a good steward of information for our, for our customers and their customers? So whenever we take a look at that, we look at our design principles, our infrastructure, and our partners that we actually use for hosting services. So in our case, it's AWS GovCloud, but we make sure that they meet the compliance standards and we're able to integrate with them in a way and use their services where we can leverage our best security practices to make sure that uh, we're staying ahead and being able to mitigate most of the concerns that, that you're hearing in the news nowadays. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that because I love, I love how the city's become more connected, how, how this benefits in so many ways, but we also got to be thinking about you know, security concerns such as that. So uh, anything else? What else can parking managers do with LPR? How can they manage or leverage LPR beyond what we've already discussed? Anything else come to mind? And as we look at uh, the different options that you have when you start receiving LPR information, we talked about that uh, shared responsibility between the consumer and your operations. And based off of what type of access they're, they're allowing as far as retention of information, you can really get more granular with some of the insights that you can provide your con- consumers with regarding decision points. So. A good use case is someone that's arriving to park near your location and based off the location services of their phone or their device, you'll be able to uh, provide insight insight based off of the LPR captures that you have, where parking availability is based off of their behaviors, where do they normally park, and provide valuable information back to them on uh, what's available and what's uh, the, the least path of resistance for them to get to the location that they're looking for. And it's crazy. Think about where we've come as a parking industry just in the 13 years I've been in parking, you know, I think LPR was just starting and to see what we're doing with it now. And I thought of one other thing. We just talked about the restaurants and the, the drive-through lines utilizing LPR for loyalty. We can do that with parking. You know, I've, I've worked with some parking operations. They've had like a, an old fashioned punch card, you know, park 10 times, get 11th one free. Or loyalty programs, rewards, where, you know, after parking so many times, they get certain benefits or discounts. I'm assuming we can do that through LPR without having to have an app or, you know, having, you know, do that contactless through LPR. Is that, is that in the industry right now? Are people doing that? Has Recore looked into something like that? Definitely. We, we have uh, consumers and partners right now that, that use our system and license plate recognition reads to, to leverage those type of offerings to their consumers. So uh, whether it be a restaurant or a car wash that, uh, that tracks that, that type of activity and then uh, provides discounts or, or additional offerings or a higher level of service. Basically, the good way to think about LPR is it, it's a way for information to come in. And what you do with that information is really endless and, and really up to the imagination. Yeah, for sure. So that's, it's one of those where if I've thought about it, someone's probably already done it. So that's the case there. And Matt, one more question. All right. And so what, what are we looking at as far as an investment? You know, how big of an investment is LPR for a parking manager today? So in regards to our solution, you have, you have several options. So 
it's as easy as uh, bringing your own device and uh, we, we basically as a standard will accept any IP surveillance camera. So you want to make sure that it's in a good location and that uh, it, it will be able to, to read license plates, but our, our licensing starts as, as small as $50 per month. And then uh, we have turnkey products where we provide the, the camera, the processing unit, and hosting for, for as, as little as $50 a month or up to $2,500 for the turnkey device. Okay, well, i making sure I heard that correctly. So are you saying you don't have to buy a record camera? So if I have a lot of garages where they use smart cameras for, or they use cameras for security. So they have 100 cameras already in the garage. They have a dispatch command center where they're doing this for security. Are you saying you guys can tie into cameras that are already in place without having to purchase record hardware? That, that's correct. So uh, a couple of those prerequisites, it, it should be an IP camera. And then uh, based off of its position, it could, it could basically serve multiple purposes. It could be a good security surveillance camera, and then it could also be connect to our solution to be able to, to provide uh, LPR capabilities. So in, in areas where it might not be so common for it to have multiple responsibilities, it can either serve as a dedicated LPR conduit, or um, in some cases, if, uh, if that camera has bad placement for LPR, it, it might just stay as a, as a standard security surveillance camera. So an important step is to get with one of our team members or conduct your assessment yourself and look at, see which cameras are that ideal fit for multiple purpose or single purpose. Yeah, and I'm thinking pretty big here too, because a lot of cities are looking at cameras for you know, curb management, you know, what, what's going on downtown, how busy are we, how many cars are parked. So thinking big here, if there's cameras already throughout the city that the police are doing, they can tie in the software theoretically and start using this for other data collection purposes. And to clarify, so if, what if a garage doesn't already have cameras? Is it, do they have to have kind of cameras already in place to use the record? Do you guys sell cameras as well so we do have our own turnkey solution that that includes a, a camera and the processing power to to be able to achieve most goals but what most people don't know and what is a, a good consideration is that many of the cameras that you can pull off the shelf and that are ip capable uh, can work with our solution so if you already have your own camera in most cases uh, we're probably compliant for, for use with our solution Great. Thank you very much for that clarification. That's really cool. You mentioned reaching out to Recore. So what is the best way to contact Recore? Is there a website or social media? What, what do you recommend for getting in touch with Recore? Definitely. So if you directly want to speak with someone, uh, we're available by phone. Uh, that, that phone number is uh, you can also reach us by email at info at record.ai. We're also on, on the web at record.ai. And then uh, we're on most major social media channels as well. So we, we try to stay ahead and provide some of those best practices and keep you up to date with all of our products, solutions, and uh, some of the events that we participate in. Yeah, I love it. And, and I will put that information in the show notes. And, you know, yeah, if you're a city, university, you already got cameras, IP, smart cameras throughout your facilities or city, 
I think for sure you want to connect with Recore to learn more about their solutions. Um, and I know they are just some of the recent additions that they've made. They're exploding onto the scene here and doing great things. So you definitely want to reach out to learn more about them. Uh, Matt, thank you so, so much for joining the podcast. I had a blast. And again, we'll put the uh, information in the show notes. Thank you so much, Matt. Have a great week. Thanks, Isaiah. You too. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Parking Podcast. Please leave us a review and tell a friend about our show. It would mean a lot. This has been a production of Synchronicity Media, produced by me, Isaiah Mao. Our music and score is by Zona. Our show art and design is by the talented Allison Gilly. You can follow us on social media at The Parking Podcast, or you can find our website with bonus content at parkingcast.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker Solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks, and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker Solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcasts. Are you interested in your parking organization becoming APO, Accredited Parking Organization Certified through the International Parking and Mobility Institute? Or perhaps you're interested in one of your green garages becoming ParkSmart Certified through USGBC? Well, the Parking Podcast is here to help. Our Parking Accreditations Consultants Network will ensure you are matched with the best site reviewer or green garage assessor available for a fraction of the price. Learn more at parkingcast.com consulting. And don't forget, remember, mark your calendars for IPMI's Mobility and Innovation Summit, a new virtual event bringing together the brightest minds in parking and mobility this coming February. Get all the details and register at parking-mobility.org forward slash MIS.